What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome to A is for Alcoholic, the podcast where my friend Jerry and I talk about the merry, the very many facets of the merry, the merry, the very, the many, the, the very merry aspect, the, the very merry aspects. aspects of alcoholism. <laughs> and today's letter is W. Jerry suggested Whataburger. Um, I've never been. So good. Have you? Yeah, dude. Oh. They have them in Arizona. I used to eat them all the time. They put mustard, no ketchup, just mustard on the burger. Huh. I can go for that. Our like Texas mustard. people know. Our buddy Jade knows. He knows, he knows about, about the Whataburger. Water Oh, yeah. But I thought W could be for uh, where do we go now? And we do a deep dive into the uh, seminal rock hit uh, Sweet Child of Mine by the uh, hair yeah, metal band okay. Guns N' Roses. We spent an hour Man. talking about Axl Rose. Slash. I just like Guns N' Roses, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not I'm not really a big fan either. Well, that's not true. I like I like some of it, like Mr. Brownstone's on my running uh, playlist. Oh. I used to get a little bit, the little got more and more. Yeah. You know, that's... oh, so you like tie in your addiction right? along with your workout, yeah. Uh-huh. But then it could also be motivating. Like I mm-hmm. used to do a little, little, little running, but a little got more and more, dude, and start pushing mm-hmm. it. Exactly. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, since you've been dancing, Mr. Brownstone. So, um, no, we're not going to talk about burgers or Guns and Roses today. I mean, it may come up. It already. It might has. come up. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But we're going to do W's for what's your poison. And I think this is what I like about this is we all have our favorites, right? <clears throat> we all have things that we gravitate toward for one reason or another. And that changes. And depending some, for some of us, it changes. For some of us, we stick to one thing until we're done. Um, but also, I found, too, that we kind of sometimes try to switch up our poison when we negotiate uh, right. what we think we can get away with and what we can mm-hmm. what we can drink and what we can't drink and what is <clears throat> like saying oh well i'm you know the, the i'm only gonna drink beer or i'm only gonna drink after five or if i switch it up everything will be fine <clears throat> and so the poison always and it's it literally is poison it is it is not i i i mean at least for me right it's not something that i can imagine um, there being somebody who drinks it recreationally, somebody who enjoys having a smart cocktail, somebody who enjoys having a beer after a long day of work and has one right. or two and is done, like that's cool. But for me, it literally is poison to my body. And you know, you I think you could probably make an argument that that's pretty um, across the board, but it doesn't affect people the same way. So but, everybody's different, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we're obviously, all but. 
but yeah, I really, I believe that alcohol is a poison and I believe that it's something that strongly affects people. And I don't want to put, I mean, I don't want to put anybody down who drinks it and I don't want to put anybody down who enjoys it. I don't want to put anybody down who, who sells it, you know, although that's a whole nother thing like bars. What, right. what is a bar going to look like in six months to a year? Is it just going to be, I mean, I don't know. Right. It's so <laughs> funny how Corona comes into our conversations here because it's just part of our environment now. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really big part of alcoholism and alcohol consumption and, Right. The way the social aspect of our drinking, you know, does it force us active alcoholics? It forces us to drink in our homes now. I mean, I don't drink, obviously, but do you know what I'm saying? Like once the social aspect has been pulled from it, then those more uh, problematic behaviors start. I imagining I imagine start hopping up, Mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of states are opening up bars at this point. And how the fuck do you keep drunk people six feet away from each other? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you don't, (laughs) um, you don't, you don't, uh, it's already, I've already seen it. And it, 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 in, you know, places, other places in the country and they're opening up bars and people are like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm just right. Fucking terrified. I couldn't imagine. My house, I've talked about before in the mm-hmm. podcast, but my house is right next to a bar. There's a bar, the only bar I've gotten cut off in, and it's it's right mm-hmm. in the back alley here. It's on the other side of my fence. And so mm-hmm. Oregon opened up their phase one, and they opened up uh, sit-in dining mm-hmm. for small groups of people. And man, that first night, like I could smell, I could already smell the bar. I could smell the cigarette smoke coming up over the fence and everything because they were, and I mean, they're a good couple hundred feet away and they're on the other side of a building out front smoking, but I didn't realize like I'd spent two months not smelling the cigarettes popping off. Huh. I don't know if cigarettes pop off, but you know what I mean? I couldn't <laughs> smell the cigarettes and now I could smell it and it didn't smell good. Sometimes the cigarette smells good to me. I, I can't lie. Like I think we've talked about that too. Like someone lights a cigarette with a Zippo next to me, that first initial hit is like, yeah, all my receptors fire off. Like, yo, let's get in this fucking sexy cigarette pit, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I could sm- and I'm like, what the fuck is burning? And Megan's like, they open the bar back up. Mm. It's and, funny. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's it. I was just trailing off. So, <laughs> so you were talking about how it's so pervasive. And um, I do want to talk a little bit about, how you how how drinking changes when we don't when we cut out the social aspect but i had this this moment the other night i think it was sunday night and i was standing there at the restaurant we're doing the to-go orders and i'm talking with my manager and almost all of my conversation has been prefaced in one way or another by this disease how we're doing it you know we're literally covered in masks so it's always on our mind if it's not on our faces Mm -hmm. right and um but we started talking about cell phones and we were just talk. We just had this conversation because he had a new cell here. He had like the latest iPhone or whatever. And he, we were talking about, cause like he has a Tesla too, and he's really into gadgetry nice. and, and technology, mm-hmm. right? Like he loves all that shit. And I said, yeah, man, I don't know. I got this, my old iPhone It's a couple generations older, no big deal, whatever. And he's like, well, I mean, honestly, he was telling me about how he gets a new one every year and he ha- re's up for the, the, Apple care, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we had the, we mm. talked for like 30 minutes about cell phones and coverage and how he gets his and what he likes about it and all this stuff. And, and there wasn't anything special about the conversation because we were just standing there watching them cook food and getting orders ready and stuff like that. Right. But yeah. I realized when I left and I came home that for like that last 30 minutes, 
we didn't talk about coronavirus and it was really nice. Yeah, what a trip, <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah. I just, I got out of my car and the sun was about to set and it was just kind of calm and peaceful. And I was like, oh, my mind wasn't preoccupied with coronavirus for 30 minutes. And that was really nice. And so right. I hope that at some point I can have more of those conversations. Um, and I know that it's kind of the same way when you get into recovery and then you have those moments where you're like, oh, I didn't think about alcohol today. Oh, I right. didn't, I didn't wow. think about drinking, you know? Oh, you're right. That was really nice. What a, what a bird, what a lift. So, um, I think drinking indoors, we're always pouring ourselves heavier drinks. We're always pouring ourselves more. We're always, yes. you know, drinking a lot more. I don't know if anybody out there has felt this, anybody who's listening, um, or knows somebody who is drinking a lot more. I, I, I don't know what to do to help that person other than to try to talk to them maybe or ask them how they're doing or, but I mean, people right. are just going to do what they're going to do by themselves. And that's a really hard place to be for anybody trying to get sober. I couldn't imagine. Well, it's it's a, such a big part of the narrative right now of being in quarantine. Now that states are opening back up, people are starting to kind of funnel out slowly, but like in the middle of this month, it was just everybody. It was so cute. Like, oh, I'm drinking at home. I get drunk every day. You 9 a.m. And, and, and it's hard mm -hmm. for me not to have a resentment towards that. And I got to work on that myself because that's my perception of it. But I'm also just like, what the fuck? You know, like, I don't know, man. I, it's just this 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 common nar cultural narrative to drink to cope with things. Mm -hmm. To drink to cope with hard things and heavy things. And, and it's just so, it's so popular. It's so out there. Like... You know, every time we watch this, we've been watching this TV show called The Great. Have you heard of this? It's on Hulu. The Great? No. It's all about Catherine the Great, and it's a comedy, and it's really fucking smart. It's really <laughs> well written. But every time they're Russian, so they're always drinking vodka. And uh, yeah, it's just this coping mechanism. I just see them constantly taking shots of vodka, drinking vodka, drinking, drinking, which is, I, I think, really in, in that culture. I mean, I don't want to generalize a whole culture of people, but I understand that. The stereotypical Russian culture is lots of drinking, you know, and it's just this mechanism to cope with things that are hard, you know, and I've had to deal with some stuff, you know, like, especially in this quarantine, this quarantine has been hard and mm -hmm. never once was I like, have, has the, the appeal, the day drinking been appealing to me, like getting drunk during the day, which means that I must be making some type of breakthrough because I'm like, man, getting fucked up in the middle of the day doesn't sound good. Like it doesn't mm -mm. sound appealing to me. It just sounds like a chore. It sounds like a chore of maintenance. And I was, I don't know, man. It's just that idea to me is just, I don't it's not think, foreign. No. It's just, it's just it sounds like too much work. Well, I think one of the things that we do now, you and I, is you, you, you think it through. You don't go, oh mm -hmm. man, I deserve a cold one or I deserve to get drunk. You know, I, I can remember right. many an afternoon where we, we would have, there was a couple times you came to visit me in California, one in specific. I think I still get like Facebook memories of this, of two fucking camping chairs on. And then we yeah. had like a bottle of this Añejo tequila, a fucking ashtray right. and two mm -hmm. milk crates set up as if that was, and micheladas. And we were, that was our afternoon. We had this whole little plan and we were just going to sit out there in the sun and get drunk. And it was going to be beautiful. Right, we had a plan to barbecue and get a kiddie pool and shit, <laughs> right. but then we didn't do that shit. We just got shit canned, and I ended up tattooing it on your couch. <laughs> Basically, yes, that's exactly what happened. But you know, it, yeah, or dude. just just that we think of these things through. And I, I now I go, 
I would get drunk. I would make a mess. I would I would be hungover. I would be miserable. I, I get the feeling, too, that at some point, if I were to drink today, I would get so drunk and I would I would be so aware of it that I I would be so wanting it to be done, like some sort of bad acid trip. You know, I'd be like, yeah, God, yeah. can I sober up, please, now? Can I get back to, you know, thinking straight? Can I get back to being able to, you know, see straight and walk straight? It, that's what it, that's what I think it would be like for me if I were to get yeah. drunk today. It would be like being stuck in a bad acid trip and wanting to get out. I don't yeah. think it would be that sort of ethereal that, euphoria. That wave of relief, that no. syrupy relief. And it, it is hard to come by relief in these stressful times, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, with all this anxiety and stuff. And uh, like we were talking before, like I just and I know we always come back to this and this must be mm-hmm. the new thing. But running, the running's been helping me being active. Like today I had to lift weights and I, I got to switch the routine up because it's not as fun as it was in the beginning. Now it's kind of this thing I just do. And the running, sometimes I'll hit walls with it, too. I run if I run the same course too many times, I get really bored of it. Mm-hmm. But the running has been helpful for the emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. For what I would have drank over, I run over now. It's so funny. My wife even will be like, well, the weather's nice. Why don't you go run? And I'm like, I am going to fucking run and listen to like Macklemore. Like I told you, man, yeah. just running in the rain to Macklemore, just like like Mishka said, like crying my fucking eyes out. Mm-hmm. I'm like this 44 year old man with a fucking mask on, like a ga- a neck gator, mm-hmm. you know, like looking like one of the cops. And have you seen that show, Watchmen? No, but I know. Yeah, what you're well, looking about. like one of the cops in Watchmen, just crying my ass off to a fucking Macklemore song. Like 25 year old Jerry would have been like, "What is your fucking damage, dude? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing out here?" It's all connected too, and I I think this thing, like. We talk about coping. We talk about getting through and getting over and dealing with. And I think that we're using those words wrong when we talk about drinking over something. So I would say I had a problem. My problem was mostly my problem was me and not wanting to feel the way that I did. That's the big overarching thing, right? That I'm not comfortable with myself. I want to feel differently than I do right now. Not the bills are due or... Um, I'm lonely or, um, I don't have what I want. And so I want somebody else to blame and, and I'm going to drink over it. But, but drinking is not actually dealing. It's not actually coping with anything. It's not actually working through anything. It's not, it's like, um, you know, when we take, when you take ibuprofen for a headache, the ibuprofen's yeah. not actually doing anything for the headache. It's just it's just numbing or covering the pain receptors or however that works. Right. However ibuprofen mm-hmm. works, I know that it doesn't yeah. actually cure anything. So it's no. it's time, it's, it's rest, it's water. Mm-hmm. It's a distraction. So I feel like we do these, we, we call it coping, we call it dealing, we call it blowing off some steam, we call it just relaxing, right? And right. when I say we, I mean us alcoholics. I don't speak for everybody, and honestly, I can't speak for all alcoholics, but I feel like those words are being used incorrectly because you're not actually because if you deal with something, then it's dealt with and then it doesn't come up anymore. Then it's not a problem. Yeah. Then it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I dealt with it. So by, right. if I drink and I deal with it by drinking, the problem doesn't go away. It now just comes back with a hangover. Right. <laughs> it like festers almost, you know, mm-hmm. it reminds me of like, uh, like that old bit where the person you know, hurts themselves in some minor way. And then the other person with hits them with a hammer. And they're like, what'd you do that for? And they're like, oh, well, you're not thinking of 
the mm-hmm. previous in, your thumb or whatever, you know, slamming your thumb in a car door or whatever. And that's what drinking always reminded me of was like, I feel pain. I'm going to add some different type of intense pain to it <laughs> to forget mm-hmm. about this, to numb this other pain. You yeah. know, it's, yeah, it was, it, it was a really ineffective tool that was effective. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. Almost like trying to fix your eyeglasses with a steak knife, you know, like you're going to get the point of a steak knife in that tiny screw and it'll be temporary, but eventually you're going to end up stripping the screw or popping the tip of the blade off you know Mm -hmm. it's not the right tool for that you know and and maybe alcohol may have its use in some ways somewhere down the line it just doesn't have its use with me you know and i guess that's what makes me a little shiny little individual Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me you know it didn't i thought it did i thought it did for a long time yeah that's why i'm here yeah i was thinking about one of our mutual friends who still drinks and as far as i know drinks pretty heavily and i was thinking about like especially now in the quarantine, drinking a lot, being alone, making sure that you have mm-hmm. a stockpile, making sure that you don't run out, having this extra thing that you need to make sure you buy and have money for and, and budget for and all the weird little mental uh, exercises you do to make sure you have this thing in here, in your house and be able to have access to it. But I was thinking, like, how would I ever broach the subject of, hey, maybe you should quit when I know that that's not going to work? I can't just go up and be like, you know... I've been noticing, or you know what I've been thinking? I've been thinking maybe you've been drinking too much. Like, nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that, right? Especially not in a quarantine no. when they have no control over anything. But Yeah, and you got nothing but time and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, well, is it still working? Like, I, that would be the question I would ask, you know, if it mm-hmm. were ever to come up. Like, is it still working? Does the alcohol still work? And if the answer is yes, then, then I'm happy to butt out of your business. Do you know what I mean? And I just right. kind of think about that. Like, how long did it work for me? How long did I drink after it worked? A long time. Well, at least two, probably two years, three years, maybe four. Yeah. I drank for four years, maybe, until I finally I was like, this doesn't work anymore. Dude, it was like that meme you shared with me. <laughs> now we're talking about fucking memes. But mm-hmm. it was like that meme you shared me on Instagram, or you maybe liked it or something, and it was like, it was, it was uh, the the fucking baby talking like someone talking to a crying baby or something, and they were like me telling myself that I'll stop drinking when I stop having a good time, and then the crying baby is like me not having a good time for the past two years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and I, it really resonated with me because those are definitely bargains I made with myself. I was like, when I'm done having fun, then it's time to be done. You know, but I was wasn't having any fun by the end. It was like. Mm-hmm. always misery and not all misery but me i'm talking about the end of it you know just so you know if code is listening he's not like hey man you know but but <laughs> like near the end i we did we had fun, a mm-hmm. blast but when i was alone all by myself at the end i wasn't having fun i was no. never having fun but i kept like deluding myself it was so it's so pathological that denial that that i was like no nah, man this is you're fucking party and you're being who you are you're living your life you're out here being different than the rest of these fucking idiots who aren't having a good time like you're having a good time yeah the rest of these squares don't get it these bridge and tunnel friday night motherfuckers don't get it i'm a fucking true blue alcoholic and i'll die in the gutter and then like now i look back and i'm like oh my god you fucking you're as you're like a skid mark at the end it was just a mess you know but um yeah it's 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 
I don't know. I think if you talk to this person, they would absolutely tell you it's still working because they think it's still working. And if they think it's still working, well, party on, Ted. You know, just keep yeah, fucking party doing on. it then. But because it's not gonna, it's not gonna change until you notice that it's changed. You know. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was just that was just a uh, uh, an observation I was making in my own head about them. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. And I know you're not gonna try to intervene someone in the middle of a fucking quarantine i don't even know how that works like we just go on a zoom call and be like you know we're all here today because we all love you very much like on zoom Click. they just be like yeah Boop. yeah the whole time one of us is just changing a background like i'm just in space right i'm like yo we know you drink too much man but i'm at the golden gate bridge now you know like right oh, i'm on the titanic you know <laughs> um so i think uh yeah man i i don't i don't have any i don't have any intentions of the quarantine intervene intervening in the no. quarantine but <laughs> oh man it's starting yeah the rhymes, but yeah the rhyming um but i it's just it's just a thought whenever it comes up whenever i talk yeah, to this person or whatever mm-hmm. and you know somebody says to me like oh yeah well i've just been like drunk every day pretty much and yeah. this that and the other and i'm i think to myself like god i couldn't fucking deal with that like i couldn't i'm and i'm so glad i don't have to anymore yeah and I think that's too another thing that there's no when you don't have any other tools, right? We were given this we were given this gift, you know, of the of this program of but we were given the gift of ha- being able to one say yes, I need help and two taking seeking the help and accepting the help from other people and going like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a, there is a way out." And I guess if I if we did nothing else, if this podcast went nowhere, and I said nothing else. I would just say there is a way out. There's multiple ways out, yes. right? There's, yes. there's, yeah, there are multiple ways. There's out. hundreds yeah. of ways out, mm-hmm. um, but there are ways out. And and so, um, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not planning on, I'm not planning an intervention uh, via Zoom. I mean, I'll let you know. <laughs> I don't know. On, on, uh, not even at Zoom. What was it? House party. On a house party intervention. Words of friends, and you're just intervening on words of friends. All your tiles are like, quit drinking. Quit drinking. <laughs> Get sober. You, you have so much to live for. Mm-hmm. You make your mother cry. Um, you make your mother cry. You make me cry. You make me cry. Um, <clears throat> what was your poison? I think we've talked about this, but I want to know. Like, has it always been bourbon. the same? Is it all? It's always, always bourbon. been bourbon. Always. Well, I mean, I experimented a lot in my twenties when I lived with you, and then mm-hmm. in my twenties, it was whatever you gave me. Mm-hmm. I was never like. I, but I never liked beer. I never no. liked beer. And that was a fact in our friend group. Like, Jerry didn't like beer. So if we were going to go to a bar, they better have fucking whiskey there. Or they better have booze there because I just can't fuck with beer. Because I just would pee all the time and then feel fat and farty. And it was ineffective. It was ineffective. I never understood how you guys could just drink beers. And I don't so, know. But I think in my like late 20s, I found bourbon. I think by the time I was like 20, when I started about around the time I started really tattooing earnestly, like 26, 27, mm-hmm. I found bourbon and just stuck with it. Like I found Jim Beam and drank Jim Beam. And then when I was too poor for Jim Beam, I drank Evan Williams, black or green. And that was it. That's all I wanted. I, I didn't like, I didn't like Pendleton. I didn't like uh what was that? Bullet. Everyone's like, you like bullet? I'm like, no, bullet tastes like bread and games gives me horrible hangovers, which is bullshit. It all gave me horrible hangovers. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it was. I was a bourbon man. Mm-hmm. I was always, and it wasn't whiskey. I don't want Jack Daniels. I wanted Gross. bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Daniels is too sweet. <clears throat> Although I drink it, I would absolutely. But if I had a preference, 
if it was the only thing there, right? Right. So we we, we have we have these staunch uh we stand very very firm on these things about what we'll drink unless it's the only, unless you there's and nothing I do. else and then oh, and then the, it's like, yes. "Oh, mm-hmm. no, well." Well, there's whatever. some people drink fucking anything. And I was that yes. guy in my 20s. I would drink anything just just to get fucked up, but I felt like I could refine it a little, build mm-hmm. this affectation around myself. This was what I drank, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I started early, I had some weird bouts where, like, I, I remember being 18. And did I tell you this? I was watching the movie Dolores Claiborne, the Stephen King movie, the Stephen King yeah. book. You never and, told me this, but I, yeah. And um, I don't remember the actor's name. He was in that movie, uh, Good Night, the Good Night and Goodbye, and he played Edward R. Murrow. Do you know the black and white movie I'm talking about? Goodbye no. and good night. Anyhow, I don't remember the actor's name, but in the movie Dolores Claiborne, which I think came out in like '95, he was drinking a yeah. bottle of black and white Scotch whiskey, and I thought it looked cool in the movie. I think this guy was just an old drunk farmer, so I don't know why I thought the right. bottle looked cool. Like there was nothing glamorous, and just trying to keep things as uh, what did I say as as sweet and as palatable as possible. That's at least that's how I started drinking. That was my my poison had to be sugar coated. And I think was it was it Johnny Walker though? That's what I was asking. Oh you no, it was it was kind of it was called apart. it was called the name of the 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 scotch was black and white. Oh okay, scotch whiskey. But um, but I think one of the things one of the things that really opened up for me because I would just I would just drink whatever anybody else was drinking, and that's kind of what I learned. So mm-hmm. you know, and we thought things like Everclear would be cool, right? Because it was so high proof. So it was never about the flavor; it was about masking the flavor and getting the most effect um yeah right and so that was when i try to think of like 22 23 24 and living in i was living in seattle at that point and i still going out to bars was kind of something new and cool and like i remember getting yeah. things like i liked raspberry lambex which are like these sort of yes, high you remember yes, that he's like yeah, fruity high, well weird fruity hybrid high octane so it'd be like eight percent but it would be super sweet and so it was all this thing about making sure that things were palatable but at the same time high proof and trying to figure that out it was like yeah it was like fruity malt liquor <clears throat> basically i was like mm-hmm. it was like four loco <laughs> it was loco. it was it was the fancy four loco kind of yeah it really was yeah it was four loco with a french <clears throat> name mm-hmm. so i think that at one point you know at some point my i was always very curious and experimental myself right and then when i started to work in bars and then i was like oh i had access to all these different things and i was like oh i can drink whatever i want and there's all these different Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know about tequila but like what if i have this tequila oh that wasn't too bad so i guess i can drink tequila um so i was very much one of these people who drank whatever um yeah, and then when I started Same bartending, way. it was like, oh, I can make it taste however I want. I didn't know that I had the fucking mm-hmm. the magic key. But in picking my poison, it became apparent that now that I had access to it, I would drink too much all the time, and I would try to find other ways. Like, okay, I don't know. You know, you people talk about brown liquor. I don't know. I get that brown liquor doesn't really do it for me. If I just keep clear liquor, if I just drink vodka and gin, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I think this is a phrase that I that I took from you. Drinking tequila is like a hard left turn all night long. Yeah. I don't know if you, you remember <laughs> saying that, but that was that was a quote that yes, I took yes. from you. It's absolutely. <clears throat> so 
So, and there is some evidence to that, that, uh, that tequila does actually have stimulants in it as opposed to other alcohols, but I'm not here to split hairs. Um, right. So, so then there on two different occasions, I remember in my life drinking party wine. And what do I mean by party wine? It's wine left over from a large party. So. Mm-hmm. The bar that I worked at in Seattle, I remember we would do these parties and we would have this specific, uh, it was like a Pinot Grigio or something, and it would be left over. So we'd still pour it off and sell it because, you know, it was already paid for, the people didn't take it home, whatever. But if I would go to that bar, not only could I drink for half price, so I would drink, I would spend all of my time where I worked. My days off would yeah. be spent in the bar where I work because I could drink for half price and pour me some of that white wine because I don't want to get too fucked up. I would get blackout drunk on white wine. Like it didn't matter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I because wow. I would just I would just like what happens is and as far as I understand it, there's a sphincter, not the one in your ass, but the one in your stomach, right? They're in the bottom yeah. of your stomach. Mm-hmm. And it opens up to allow the the semi digested food into your intestine. Um, when you drink a lot, that sphincter will, you'll, you'll put drinks, you know, you know how when you do a shot, do a shot, do a shot, you don't feel the first three and then all of a sudden you feel them all at once. What happens is that sphincter gets, gets, loosens up all at once. And then the, all of that alcohol gets absorbed into your bloodstream in one boom. And that's where that like yeah. blackout happens because your your blood alcohol level spikes. It doesn't just go up gradually. Yeah. It's not the one drink an hour. So that would happen to me a lot. And I'd be like, fuck, I thought we did good. I thought we were on the Pinot Grigio. I yeah. thought everything was going to be fine. I was on the Grigio, baby. No, I, was, <laughs> I thought I was on the Grigio. And then I would have um, I would have these uh, I would have these moments where I would um. I would be like, you know what, man? I really want to remember. I want to remember tonight. I'm going to take it easy, and I'm going to try and make it all the way home. I'm not going to black mm-hmm. out. And inevitably, that almost never happened. Or what's the last stop before you get home? Make sure we have enough time to stop by 7-Eleven and get some beer. Or whatever yes. it was. Yeah. Or wine. Or something. Mm-hmm. If we could find liquor, that'd be great. And so I feel like my poison ultimately led me to vodka because I just felt like it was cleaner, it was easier, it didn't taste horrible, it just tasted like burning. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just, it was always this negotiation. And I remember one time too with the party wine at another place that I lived here in California, and I would, we, these parties, and at the end of the night, they would bring us home, they would let us take home whatever wine was left over. And I always had to make sure I took at least two bottles because the first bottle just got me warmed up. I didn't even really get the good right. buzz. Mm hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So I very quickly became sort of a trash can for that kind of stuff where it was like, whatever. Um, Yeah. The one restaurant I worked at, we were cleaning out all of the the liquor and getting like just getting rid of all of this really bad stuff. Pineapple rum, all this weird fucked up mezcal, all these things. And my boss was like, yeah, take it all home if you want. I don't want to see it. It's not going to be on inventory next week. We are cleaning house and we're putting new stuff in here and I don't want to see it because I'm not counting it. It's gone. And I was like, fucking score, man. Like, I thought this was like, this was the best it could ever get. (laughs) A milk crate full of... I just scored on a bunch of pineapple tequila. (laughs) That's how I felt. You know, that was, that was my, that was my idea of 
happiness. That was it. That's what I got excited about was having a stockpile of alcohol that was free. Like that seems so fucking backwards to me now. Right. And it all runs out. Mm. You buy you, you I would buy a handle and be like, I'm set, baby. <laughs> and then it'd be gone in like five days. Shit, sometimes three days, mm-hmm. mostly by the end. It would be a handle would be gone in three days. And I, I used to have that false kind of security like it's gonna last forever. Man, I just I'm I'm shitting in the tall grass, as Coda mm-hmm. says, you know. Um and it's just yeah, that moment of buying this big thing and feeling so secure and comfortable and like Oh, yeah wow yeah yeah we're gonna be we're set baby we don't we don't need to worry about anything and then pouring that last drink and throwing that fucking big empty bottle into whatever recycle bin Ugh. so that's so that safe that comfort it's such a crazy term but it's so appropriate mm-hmm. there's some such deep psychological shit in there dude like <laughs> think about that like comfort. that concept of safety within this this thing, you know, it's it's such a thing to lay open and look at and be like, yeah, this makes me feel secure. And and then I, I like, well, because it, it res- resonates with me, man. And I'm like, wow, it's is this what I've been chasing? Is this sense of safety and security this whole time, my entire life? You know, like, is it, it's, I think it's in this, in these mm-hmm. bottles. Like, is this what it is? You know, that feeling of well-being, is that where this lives? Like, is my brain broken because it's wired? You know, these are the questions I'd ask myself all the time. I still ask them sometimes, but now I can recognize it, though. I see the animal. I'm like, oh, I know what you are. Yeah. I know what you're doing. You know, like, I know what part of the brain is being affected right now. Yeah. Yeah. But but to me, when I first went into the rooms, in that little preamble, they talk about, or not in the preamble, I think, it, maybe it might have been, I know it's in the big book, but they talk about switching booze. Like, abstaining from liquor and only drinking wine or going doing geographicals and going on holiday and going to spas but when they said you know abstaining from liquor and only drinking wine or beer like it it rung my bell i was like shit i've done that shit other people have done that too like i thought i was the only one who thought oh man this bourbon's making me mean i need to start drinking hrd you know (laughs) and then drinking that fucking garbage fucking vodka because my brother-in-law worked at a liquor store and he's like just get the cheap shit it's all the same shit jerry you know so yeah i would buy the hrd and for that didn't i just for those of you who don't know what hrd is really quickly that's um hood river distillery and it is it's it's bum vodka dude (laughs) it's basically (laughs) the most generic vodka you can buy in oregon yeah sorry and and if if you drink if you you were a bum or you are currently uh, that's not even that's such a mean term but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I feel for you I've been there if you're currently there, listening to this podcast and you're experiencing homelessness due to your alcoholism we feel you <laughs> I'm not judging no. you we feel you like I'm saying like you know yeah I didn't fu- I never fucked around with like malt liquor or any of that I mean I did in my 20 in my early mm-hmm. teens late teens early teens when I was writing graffiti we all drank 40s because it was 1993 and we all thought we were fucking menace to society <laughs> yes I drank so much Sainites and Ugh. uh yeah I just I mean I remember doing a graffiti piece like in two right right before my wife got pregnant before I got married like 2008 right when we moved up to Seattle I went down to Eugene to paint this big uh commission mural and the, one of my <laughs> buddies rolled up and gave me two 40s of Sainites and he's all, here you go, dude. Since you're writing graffiti, you might want a little blast from the past, you know? And, like, I drank those 240s while painting that piece, like, in a day. I mean, that was nothing. I drank those in a few hours. And, like, I was so surprised. All I really felt was 
that I had to pee. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I didn't even feel as drunk as I did at 18, you know? I was just like, I got kind of a buzz and want some whiskey. Let's go to a bar. And that was like 80 ounces of malt fucking liquor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild shit. I mean, and, and even then, that was in 2008. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's there's some there's some speculation about we we talk about it as being like this this degenerative disease regardless of whether or not we we feed it right that that right and some people would say that that's not true uh and i you right. know uh, how whatever you believe on that and i i'm i'm open to listening to any science that's out there Absolutely. i'd love to hear the science on it because i've only witnessed it with my own eyes right but even that there's got to be something behind that but yeah. when you talk about your tolerance as that is something that I think every alcoholic can um, can relate to and deals with mm-hmm. and contends with when you you get you have that tolerance where you're like, shit, this used to work and now this doesn't work. And so now I need to get more or something stronger. And like because I just got to find that sweet spot where I'm perfectly blissfully comfortable. And were we ever sitting on a fucking dirty couch? Um watching we thought we, we were, thought we right? were watching simpsons reruns passing out we were all just well i mean the the whole end all be all is we were all high yeah like we were all just in trying to find that sweet spot and then maintain the sweet spot that's all it ever was and then the sweet spot consumed me and it got the sweet spot got smaller and smaller and smaller and then i had to drink more and more to find it and mm-hmm. i just couldn't find it but uh yeah i i honestly and my my personal belief that it is a fallacy that drinking different types of alcohol will affect you in different ways. I feel like the environment around you is what will affect you. So typically, if you're drinking tequila, you're going to be in a different type of environment. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like, ooh, we're breaking out the tequila. We're going to get wild, you know? Right. Then if you're then if you're drinking cognac out of a snifter, although I mean, at that point I would have drank cognac out of a shoe, but. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think you're right. No, There's, never with the cognac. But. but that no, you're absolutely right. That's that you put that in the. That's in your mindset before you even take that drink. Because tequila's what? That's yeah. summertime, having fun. Take your shirt off, having fun. Somebody's graduation, somebody's birthday, wedding. Maybe opened up your relationship. You want to get a little weird in that hot tub, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whereas, like. HRD is a whole different fucking animal, you know what I mean? In in the sense that not chemically, the chemical compositions are probably a little different, but you know, as far as like the environment in which you're in, or me with my bottle of fucking Evan, you know, Black Label, it's gonna be a different, whole different setup than dr- getting trying to get hammered off champagne. I always found the wine getting drunk off a of wine and beer was like trying to ice skate uphill, man. It was not <laughs> not fucking useful, man. Yeah, uh, it's. I think too, like you said, there. When you talk about the mindset, and when you talk about the series of decisions and actions that would lead me to either buying a bottle of Hood River vodka or a bottle of forty dollar Ron Zacapa rum. Now, mm-hmm. I did that. Even like my steps down were. I used to drink it out and then it was like, so I'm going to spend 40 bucks on this really nice rum because I really, I still want to like enjoy myself. There was still some level of, I thought classiness by buying something more expensive and aged and special and drinking it at home that somehow Mm -hmm. I was above 
your typical alcoholic because I had right. refined tastes. Now, who was there to right. see this? Absolutely no one. It was me at the kitchen table. You. That's it. Right. Listening to Steely Dan. And <laughs> Basically. Uh, crying crying yes. at some point. Yeah. Smoking too yeah. many cigarettes yeah. inside. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. Working it was terrible. Yeah. Working on the great American poem. Poem. Yeah, it's so funny you said that because I, I, I like stopped the thought to like let you continue, but that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. Working on the great American poem. It's gonna happen. But it's gonna be like it. well, but I had the same attitude where I well like had disdain for these weekend drinkers and well we don't go out on Friday and Saturday. I don't drink like these people. I don't go to a dance club and try to fuck, you know, like I get loaded on a Monday at one in the afternoon. <laughs> You know, in a shit in in the fucking smoke shop or whatever it was, you know. I think what was the name of that bar in Seattle we used the, to drink at all the, the time? The smoke shop, that one? No. Yeah. It was just with that cool old lady. It was just called the smoke Darlene. shop, the Ballard Smoke Shop. Yeah. 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 And I was like, this is where I drink. My spot is the Viking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be in a dark fucking bar. They're all gonna be watching sports. I don't give a fuck about sports. I'm here to do one thing. You know. Mm. I'm not going to be at, at, you know, the Balmar on a Saturday night dancing to fucking Let's Get Retarded by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> right. So, and I think yeah. there's something in that, that like we, I feel like in that bravado or finding this, this idea of being really good at drinking, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. Is this mm-hmm. huge amount of insecurity and fear of, fear of success and fear of doing anything and just lots and lots of fear. And like, well, if I can find this one thing I'm good at, I've my brain has tricked me into thinking this is all that I'm good at and that I'm not, right. you know, because what could I do? What have I done with the time that I have been given now that I quit drinking? I've done quite a bit. I've achieved quite a bit. Yeah, you've accomplished I've a lot I've created a lot shit. of things, right? So, so in the time that I was drinking and I thought that that's all I had to offer the world, so I had to be really good at it. And I had to be this sort of, I don't know. I, I just felt like I was some, like, I, I felt like I was some funny, charming, everyone was excited to see me. And I was this loud, boisterous party. And mm-hmm. probably in some respects I was for a little while. But yeah. for the most part, I think the bartenders were probably more wary and thought, well, he'll tip good for a little while before he gets too loud. And then I'm going to have to fucking quiet him down, you know? So there was never any, I don't feel like there was any, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I I don't know that there was any true love between me and any of the bartenders. You know what I mean? It was always this, because as a bartender myself, I'd be like, oh shit, okay, here comes so-and-so and and they're going to tip me. I'm going to make, I'm going to make like 80 bucks off this dude, but he's going to be a fucking nightmare by the end. So like, that's that's how i felt you know about myself and i'm much happier now i mean i don't know what my poison is now i mean i don't i don't look for poison you know i more so look for medicine whether it be like you said running right or you know i i i don't know if you saw it on my instagram but i'm gonna start bird watching um I, I saw something. I, I just saw you sitting it, like it was your whole body. And I was like, damn, John's lost a lot of weight. I mean, it looks good, but that was all I noticed. Uh, I, I kind of was. You just flipped fine. through it. That's fine. I'm not superficially scrolled through. I'm like, yeah, I need to go back. That's fine. I superficially scroll through everything. though. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm, my feelings are not hurt. Cause you didn't look through my Instagram stories. You should, but, t- you know, talk to, talk to my dad. My dad's a bird watcher. Okay. 
So hit him up. So he's all about. I it, will. Actually. I will. I have his. I'm gonna send him a video and ask him. I think somebody told me that this was like a an oaken a titmouse. I think there was a titmouse at my bird feeder. But so really. So the whole reason I wanted to get into to this, but I saw this golden finch or some kind of bright gold bird, and then it just disappeared, and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck. So I have these two crusty old bird feeders, and I cleaned one out, and I filled it with bird seed, and now they're coming here. And so I just uh-huh. set my phone up with the tripod, and then I just walk away. Yeah. For like thirty minutes. Oh, so that was your footage of that bird. Yeah. That was great footage. Yeah, thank by the you. way, I was but I was thank you for bringing it up because I was going to ask you, John, did you film that bird yourself or did you just steal that off a of TikTok? <laughs> and then I I didn't know, but it was really good. Yeah. It was like really clear, and I was like, wow, what a beautiful bird. So it was a golden finch. No, so the I couldn't get, I didn't find the golden finch yet. He's the elusive golden boy, is what I'm calling him. He's uh-huh. he's my golden boy. He's my white whale. G boy. Huh? So, but yeah. I got these titmouses, titmice, tit titmice that come in. I don't know plural. <laughs> probably titmice. Titmice. Titty mouse. So, this is something that's like get. I get really excited. Like I woke up this morning and I was like, ooh, I gotta go check on the on the bird feeder. <laughs> Right, this it's ridiculous, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, I want to get you know, I got my tripod ready to go, so I can just put it out there. I know exactly where to set it, and I, you know, so I don't really look for like negotiating these highs and lows. It's more of this sort of looking for things that that genuinely make me feel good or excited or or happy or even just right. just moderately thrilled to be alive, rather than. Yeah, I th- waking think up that like should hell. be our, the goal, right? Mm-hmm. The genuine feeling, the genuine article, like the real thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, I, yeah. It's it's just it's just so many years digging around trying to find something that works. And why should I have any judgment when now the thing that works is what running and bird watching? <laughs> like, why the fuck That's not? You now, buddy. That's me. That's you. Right. Yeah. And so, and I, I, I think too, like, I love the, your story about running in the rain because running in the rain, man, it's something different. It's something special. It depends on the rain. Yes. Though, John. The, the like, weather. This is yeah. cold. It was, it was fucking miserable. By the time I got home, I was like, I thought I was going to get sick, but no, but no, you are right. In a warm rain, nice spring rain. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm reborn motherfuckers. <laughs> like, here we go. Like Andy Dufresne and fucking Shawshank Redemption crawling out of the... <laughs> he had to crawl through a mile, a literal mile of shit <clears throat> or whatever and come out the other end. He's 500 reborn, yards. cleaned off. Yeah, shit smelling fatness. Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you. That was me. You're, the, you're the Dufresne in the rain. Dufresne. You're over there bird watching man that i think it's great it's such a it's uh, it's just a very cal- i imagine it's very calming i don't have the patience i might actually i tell myself i don't but i might but what the fuck you got dog fights going on over there yeah no dude somebody probably walked by the house with a dog <laughs> or uh, my cousin's supposed to be dropping off a bunch of pastries because she works at a bakery uh-huh. so she might be doing that or we're expecting like two deliveries so the ups guy might have just flitted by the door and he was like what the fuck right you know but yeah, it's pretty calming. And here's the here's the other thing is like I put my phone up, I put it there, I leave it there, and I don't fuck around on my phone. I go do something else. I go read my book or, right. or do whatever else I need to do or make some food, and then I check the footage later. So it's kind of twofold. I'm not on my phone, and then I you know get the footage of the birds. And so I, I whatever it is, man, like it doesn't need to be that. Whatever arts and crafts or I I, I don't know why it doesn't have to be something creative even. 
you know, if you just want to read or whatever, whatever the fuck, if it's video games, yeah. like, you know, you, you, you still, you play, what are you playing right now? No, I don't play very much. And I have not during this quarantine, I have not played nearly as much as I thought. Fascinating. I would but right now I'm playing fallout 76 again. Mm. I was going to suggest if you ever, I mean, it's, I think it's cheaper in the PlayStation store and I know money's not plentiful, but if you ever want to play with us as a group, we sometimes get together and play Friday the 13th. Okay. Which is been a lot more fun than i thought it has but also been very nerve-wracking so but in a fun way but it's because it's kind of scary it's hide and go seek but on the playstation and one person's freddy or one person's jason and everybody else is a camp counselor and he's trying to find you but the entire time you're trying to find all these resources to get this broken down car started Mm -hmm. so you can leave the map so jason can't kill you or you're trying to fix a boat or you're trying to call the cops or anyway it's but it was i played last night with him for a couple hours and we were laughing our asses off and you can't hear anybody when you're playing until you pick up a walkie-talkie or you're in close proximity Mm -hmm. yeah same with jason jason can't hear anything you're saying so like i would be jason and run up and kill someone and just start like singing songs to myself and then they would hear me get louder and louder as I came through the woods. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, so I haven't been playing as much as I usually do. I've been working on a lot of commission paintings. I was making all those videos. I got up to day 57, I think. And then when they ended the quarantine, well, the quarantine's not completely done here. But when they opened up in the phase one, I was like, well, a lot of the people who are watching these are probably going back to work right now. So what's, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this quarantine's done. My quarantine's not done for another three weeks. We'll see. But even in three weeks, if we get hot again, I'm like, well, pfft, going back into fucking hibernation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like the idea of the poison too, or like the things that we kind of negotiate. I mean, we, I very easily translate the way that I used to drink into the way that I eat sometimes too. You know, I've, I've struggled mm-hmm. with that whether it be like certain certain yeah. ice creams or um and I use that a lot uh, that analogy cuz that was a very big problem for me um, cuz I mean I I like rocky road but you know, pe- chocolate peanut butter I'll eat the whole fucking thing like I <clears throat> so it's just a matter of for me like trying to find some balance and being able to indulge once in a while and not fucking hating myself and really really giving myself credit for all the other good stuff that I do in case I go, Oh man, why did I eat all of whatever that was? Why did I eat that whole mini mm-hmm. watermelon? Which is not that bad. It's really not yeah. bad at all. No, that's not bad at all. Compare <clears throat> that to a pint of fucking Ben and Jerry's. Jerry's. That's three, 380 calories for a whole pint. That's almost an entire meal or a mini watermelon, which is like maybe 280. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At best. And it's like that. I no, a pint of, a pint of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> It's like twenty four hundred calories, dude. It's like a full You're day's. Right. It is. It's You're like right. a full You're day's right. of calories. Uh, Three hundred eighty per serving. Because I bought my daughter a pint because she was like, "I want this special ice cream," you know. So I bought it for her, mm-hmm. and then looked at the label and was like, "Jesus Christ, that is." It's intense, man. It's intense, and I, I or a mini watermelon. I, you know, I, I don't want to get on any sort of. I'm not. I'm new to being healthy, and um. Yeah. And, Same you here. know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that comment is so fucking funny. I'm Dude, new to being healthy. I just, I am John and I'm new to being healthy. <laughs> I just don't want there to be any sort of, uh, John's getting on his fucking high horse again. I just know because I was just on the other end of not being healthy 
And right. I just think that that's a really important thing in sobriety that I, I feel gets overlooked in a lot of what I hear people share and what I hear yeah. a lot of people talk about. And we have a lot of other problems, you know, as alcoholics that we got to deal with just to get here. And, and maybe worrying about your Werther's original addiction is not the, you know, not the fucking thing to work on right now. Yeah, don't stress don't that. Stress yeah. that. But I think especially in a time where immunity is, is as important as it is, too. Health is not stressed by the people. Again, I, I, I can't, I can't say it enough for myself that I am so glad that I have taken steps, and I would encourage anybody to even take the smallest step to do anything. You know, if it's if it's if you're concerned you're eating too much meat, maybe just don't eat meat once a week, or maybe only eat half right. half the family size right. bag of peanut M and M's. Instead of the whole bag, yeah. you know, you'll feel, you'll feel, it'll be weird. You'll feel bad and good at the same time. Uh huh. But you know, I, you'll be like, fuck, I'm missing out on all this hot M&M action. But you also feel like, man, I did something. Mm-hmm. I did something despite my nature. Yes. You know? That's a great way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I did something despite my nature and mm-hmm. until we change our natures, right? Until we, until we develop right. new Jesus, we spent how many years fucking, you, you know, whiskey as a personality trait. Like, ugh. Long, like 17, 18 years, right? And so I've got five years, you know, of not using that. And I, and quite honestly, I don't even count all those five because the first two, I didn't even know what I was, what I was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was just a fucking mess. So, yeah, 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 man. I hear that too. I, I was, I think back to it. I mean, I know that you and I are both coming on birthdays at the end, at the beginning of July anniversaries or yeah. whatever and so it's been a lot sooner than i yeah five and six years respectively so it's a trip yeah. um i know that one thing too i just want to tell our listeners is we're probably going to take like a little two-week break in between and do some other record some promos and different other stuff and i've right. been talking in to jerry seasons. new seasons yeah. and you know we're gonna we're gonna do some different stuff so i think i've got a couple of old um patreon episodes i can put out but there'll be something i don't know what but um yeah but yeah my hot fire mixtape <laughs> yeah. it'll just be a's for alcoholic but it's just me rapping yeah um, my 30 second hot fire yeah do you are you oh you are working on it well we can't talk about that uh that other um that project you're working on just yet oh we can't oh i mean oh, i don't know can we can you i don't know it wasn't very secretive oh, okay. it was just uh I haven't done anything for oh, okay. it just because I've been working on commission paintings right. and just doing house stuff, okay. you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I'm doing it with uh, uh, Neglect, the guy who did uh, our friend Joe did the theme song. We have a little weird little side project that's been on and off for the past like twenty some years <laughs> that we've never done anything officially. But yeah, he sent me a a track. I got to play it through and write lyrics to it and see what it sounds like though. But Man, I was just in a group text all the hip hop with all the guys I make music with yesterday, and they're like, "Man, I miss rapping." And I'm like, "I don't even know if I remember how to do that shit anymore." Hmm. They're like, "We should get together on Zoom." I'm like, "That's not gonna work, you guys." Like, <laughs> this is a two second delay. What? <laughs> okay, Zoomer. Um. All right, all right, baby Zoomer. But uh, but yeah, man, it's just this matter. I just feel like the thing that I've learned is it was always poison and now I'm always looking for, you know, some sort of medicine or something regenerative or really like, Mm -hmm. honestly, what is, what is going to make me feel good? Not what is going to cover up the pain. 
because that's what it would right. always was. That's what it always was. It was like I'm in pain, make me feel not pain. <laughs> right. And that's about as right. smart oh. as I sounded too. Make me feel not pain. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't. I'm so fucking glad I don't have to deal with, with that, that thought process anymore. And I, God, my heart goes out to anybody who still does. I know exactly what that's like. I mean, sometimes I still think about it, like, oh, it's a beautiful sunny day, right? That whole, the whole. Dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fallacy, the little scenario, the the phallic. It's not phallic, phallic, but yeah, that little. Oh, it'd be a beautiful day for a beer, for a nice Michelob, nice, huh? Nice Michelob, <laughs> nice, nice Michelob in a kiddie pool. Mm-hmm. But now we have the. I just, I just thinking it through makes all the difference. It really does. Um, anything else, Jerry? What's your poison? Nah, good luck with your bird watching, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward. No, to... nothing's going on, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut nope. you off there. Um. Just living life inside. I'm not going to be going. I, I have a soft opening for myself tattoo wise on June 5th. That's supposedly when they're going to roll out phase two of Oregon's, mm-hmm. you know, reopening. But we'll see. Like, I have a lot of anxiety about it. Yeah. I have a lot of discomfort about it. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know, man. Things are, things are, I think this quarantine's going to, has already changed a lot of things for me. So I think it's going to change other things for me as well. As far as my, career and the way i think about things and look at things well i but we'll see that's it i think we've all and i think we've all been given a a big look into a lot of things in a different way and going oh mm-hmm. i think one i don't know about you but that's the way that i feel is like oh i thought these were things that i had to have in my life to be able to survive and then when i don't have them i go oh i still i still made it oh okay mm-hmm. you mean that can be a choice yeah. instead of being a fucking is something I have to do or have to right. have in my life. So, well, um, I guess. What about you? I, you got anything? I, you know, I, I think that I am going to work this job until there's no more job. I mean, I, I could, I could go on a diatribe about how I feel like the restaurant business is, is never going to come back in the same way. Um, with there's mm-hmm. too many barriers to entry and prices are going to be too high and everyone's going to have to wear masks and it's not going to be the same, but we're going to try and do our probably like a July soft open is probably when this will happen in this County of California because California is so big and weird. They need to flip all that shit to go, man. They need to flip it all to go. I just be like, we don't even have a space anymore. I think that might be happening. Kitchen. We're making fancy crustinis or whatever. <laughs> crustinis to go. So, um, other than that, I'm trying to be as positive and hopeful. Like I wrote it, I write, write it on my whiteboard. It says stay positive. So it's like there it is. Okay. Yeah, I see you right there behind right? you. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it makes a difference when I wake up and look at it, and I'm like, okay, that's that's my first thing. That's what I do. Yeah. And then I can start worrying, but I got to stay positive. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I will. Um, I'm sure I'll be in touch. We'll do this again next week. Yeah, next week is up. X. I don't even... I hate doing X. Uh, me too, dude. All right. Maybe me too. X Games. X Games, dude. <laughs> Extreme. Extreme. Surge. <laughs> ecstasy. I wasn't really into ecstasy, though, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. I'll talk to you later, Jerry. All right, John. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. 
And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>